Yeah, you're not hey, horrible. Me- <laughs> you're normal. You're basic. No- that's I'm even basic. worse. I <laughs> Brian, just call yeah. me basic. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time that's happened on the pod in the three years here. You don't insult the host, that. Brian. <laughs> we want to be asked back. <laughs> I was just about to say, this is the first and last retail pod. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Human Element, Kara's podcast focused on finding ways to inject humanity and insight into modern marketing. I'm thrilled to be joined today by none other than Brian Monahan, Global Client President and Head of Retail Media Solution, and Kavita Kariapa, SVP, Head of Commerce Activation at Dentsu. And especially, we are live in Las Vegas at CES. Thank you both for joining. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Your titles are extremely interesting, especially for the listeners on this pod. This is the first time that we've really delved into retail media. Can you tell us a bit about your roles and just how you got here in the first place? So yeah, I head of the commerce activation team here at Dentsu, and we specifically focus on the retail media solution at large. Our goal is to help our clients or advertisers sell stuff. Like that's the base of all of it, and advertising is our tool to reach that. I think commerce started as a very much demand gen activity, Everyone thought of it as on-site search, maybe some on-site display spattered in. But what's been really exciting over the past few years is that we've now seen it become full funnel and holistic. My job, a lot of my job in the day-to-day is helping build a strategy, aligning a lot of our brand goals, traditional media activities to what we can deliver in retail media as well. My job, I work at the Dentsu Holdco level. My job is to help our clients who are engaged in retail media, succeed and grow and to grow our business alongside of it. So we have a couple different businesses at Dentsu that are in the retail media space. Our media agencies, as Kavita just described, are working with brands to purchase retail media to grow their business. We have a a consulting practice called Newstream Media that works with retail media networks themselves to stand up and operate their advertising businesses. And we have a shopper marketing capability inside inside Dentsu Creative. So the three of them are all kind of around this retail media space. They have different clients, different niches in the market, but there's some commonality to how we're training our people, how we're thinking about our product and the technology that we're building and buying and our partnerships that support all three of them so that we can accelerate our clients and accelerate our own business. I know we're all very young here. But let's go way back. How did you even get into retail media as a career? I talk about this a lot, but I don't have a traditional media background. So I started my career in commerce as a merchant. So back in the department store days, you had buyers who buy product category. That was basically how I started. I At Kohl's department stores, which I love the fact that I worked there first because my mother was a jewelry associate at Kohl's. Like early on, it was a first job in America. So when I got to be a buyer in the jewelry department. It was kind of a coming home story for me in retail, but that's how I started. Like I got paid to shop, which was incredible. And I was so happy to do that job for many years. And eventually I, it just became my career. I, I was at Amazon Fashion where I was the men's clothing buyer, focusing on men's basics, athletics, sleepwear, and worked across categories on developing private label as well. And have also spent time on the manufacturing space. I've developed a lot of clothing brands branded and private label, working mostly in Central America and LATAM, developing, cutting, sewing technologies as well. So it's been a wild ride on the merchant space and I've also then crossed over into media. So I've kind of had the spattering of commerce all around, but it's been kind of, kind of a good journey so far. 
Unfortunately, to our listeners, they can't see our faces right now, but Brian and I are just in shock. Like, I know. Mic drop. <laughs> like, I didn't know that. So you were the men's yeah. fashion buyer. So you got, yeah. got any tips for my fit? Brian, like, so many. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I need them. We need another podcast session for <laughs> consulting tips by Kavita. Yeah. I would listen to that one. Brian, how about you? I guess you could say my first foray into retail media was my very first ad campaign that I did on the internet in 1994. My client was Carnation Hot Cocoa Mix. They're part of the Nestle Beverage Corporation. And it was a really interesting time back then. Nestle had put like a moratorium on any internet advertising for any of their brands while they figured out their corporate internet strategy, which was stuck in committee for God knows how long, but I had this one young brand manager, freshly minted MBA, who was like, hey, let's try some let's try some of that internet stuff. And so the campaign we did was weather triggered couponing for a hot cocoa mix. And so there weren't many websites that were could run ads on back then. So we worked with the San Jose Mercury News. SJ Mercury Center. And when the weather dropped below, I mean, it's California. So when the weather dropped below like 50 degrees, we started running banners that you could download and print a coupon. And it was so funny. We did it. We set it up. It was so exciting. And then, but it was all on the down low. And then I got this panicky call from my client, pre-cell phones, actually. You probably had to call me on my desktop, my, my landline. Call it panicking because he had blown through all of the coupon downloads that he had budgeted for because we got on some listserv like back in those early days of the internet. And so we had to like get it down because it was a big thing because he didn't want to get busted by the man who had told him not to have any internet activity. But anyway, it was, it's, it was just a real eye-opener. I'm like, whoa, like maybe you can actually sell stuff on this World Wide Web. So that was ancient history. I, I guess you could say I really got into retail media when I led marketing for Walmart.com. And part of my remit was running their ad business. So I took it from a $25 million business to a quaint $250 million business. It's not like a $3 billion business at, at Walmart. But I remember very distinctly going in front of the board of directors at Walmart and saying, this is going to be our next billion dollar business. And I was wrong. It's actually a $3 billion business. But that was when I really got into it. Hardcore was running the Walmart ad business. I love that. I love that. And let's start from the top. How would you both define retail media? This is such an interesting one because it's actually been, a, it's a come up for me in a couple of my conversations here at CES. And people are like, what, isn't that just media? So I think it's media where the publisher, if you want to call it that, the publisher provides a conversion signal, right? So I don't think retail media is targeting, like targeting someone who's previously bought certain products at a retailer. That's nice, but we can do targeting elsewhere. What's truly unique, in my opinion, about retail media is that they're able to tell you who bought what. And it's not like a DTC or digital media thing where we can tag a site and track conversion ourselves. We have to work with another party in order to obtain the golden goose, which is sales data. Yeah, Nate. I'd say it's even it's advertising that exists on a retailer's owned and operated properties using their retailer audiences as well. Those audiences are so valuable to use. And a lot of people do say retail media is media, and in some degree it is. Like we are still activating media, search, display, social, TV, et cetera. But there's so many nuances to it, as Brian said, that there are conversion signals that you can see the point of sales, you can see who exactly is buying. That's so unique to retail media itself and so valuable for advertisers and 
agency folks as well. I, th- I thought Kavita was interesting at the event we did here at CES, our Dentsu retail media event. We had Connor McKenna from Luma Partners. And, he, and so we asked this question to him, well, how do you define retail media? And, and what he said is it's both a vertical in that it's a set of publishers that have inventory, like yeah. you said, like on their owned and operated retailer websites. And it's this layer of placed media across the internet that can track conversion events. So I thought that was interesting, kind of like a vertical and a layer as being what retail media is. And there's more nuances to it, and we can volunteer for another podcast session to talk about commerce media overall, because it's not just retail media networks or retailers developing their media networks. There's other, we see insurance companies, hotel, hospitality, developing their own networks as well, and that's becoming a definition of commerce media, which is a larger umbrella of it all. What is the role of an agency in retail media, and how has that evolved over the last few years? We help activate the media, help consult on the strategy, help integrating it to the broader media solution. And kind of going back to the intro, how my Dentsu evolution has started, it's not just search and display. It's not just making sure we have a sponsored ad showing up when a customer is searching a product on a retailer's site. It's become so complicated now, and we have to make retail media fit amongst brand media, across shopper media as well. And that's hard. It's hard for agencies. It's hard for clients as well, trying to figure out how to stitch these media solutions together. So a lot of our time, we are consulting our clients on how to do this the right way, how to measure it effectively. What does that measure, that conversion signal mean for loyalty? How does it impact lifetime value? And really help our clients deliver the right sales track and profitable sales at the end of the day. The only thing I would add to that is we are a professional services business. So an agency, in my opinion, is a professional service business that acts on behalf of, as an agent of, their client. And so we represent clients doing the work, the hands-on keyboards work, of executing retail media, as Kavita just said, and all the strategy and consultation and advice that goes around it. We have different types of clients that we are the agents of, which I think is what's unique about where Dentsu sits, right? Because we represent buyers of retail media and sellers of retail media, which is cool because retail media is the only medium where the objective of the buyer and the seller is the same. It's the same. To present something interesting and useful to their shared consumer so they can make an informed decision. That's not the case in any other medium where they're just playing games to get share a budget. Brian, you just got into this role pretty recently. I'd love to know, like, where will your focus be in 2024? The big focus in 2024 is connecting our buy side expertise with our sell side expertise and finding the competitive advantage for our respective clients by the fact that Dentsu has experts who know both how to buy and how to sell retail media network. We think we can give our clients a competitive advantage and to ultimately help them serve their shared customer, drive growth for both sides. Let's look at the retail category as a whole right now. What's working well within the space? I'd say it's the efficiency of reaching customers at any point in their journey. Customers are always shopping. We are consuming so much content throughout the day, but we're creating so many shoppable moments within all of that media as well, and that shoppable media is turning into a purchase at the end of the day. It's becoming so easy to access content and in in turn also access the ability to purchase. And I think that's what's amazing that retailers are 
enabling so many opportunities to reach customers in these new ways, like now with like curbside pickup and more like shoppable in-store experiences. We're getting into experiential shopping, personalized shopping. It's becoming so interactive and fun again because shopping, when you just think about like shopping, people weren't excited about online shopping. They're like, oh, you're taking the experience out of all of it. And now it's here to stay, but we're also now reverting back to thinking about in-store shopping and how to make that exciting again, which is which is a great trend to be a part of. Yeah, it's like the it's the funding vehicle to deploy new innovative shopping experiences. I mean, retail is a low margin business, so to have like this new model of how brands and retailers are working together that's bringing new resources so you can create cool stuff is super exciting creatively. I mean, I think what's working well in retail media we're definitely in the middle of a hype season and you know it's growing rapidly 25% year on year expected to grow that fast for the next 5 years and so you see a lot of people rushing towards retail media cuz we get excited about the potential and the growth and so everybody and their uncle is now a retail media company in some form or fashion but there's a lot of work we need to do on the fundamentals to drive real value so it's not just smoke and mirrors when I step back, Kavita, I don't know how you feel, but I think like the one sort of retail media product that I think is like prime time level is search. I think like retail oh, yeah. media search yeah. results is like of all the products, I think is the one that's like industrial grade. I think a lot of the rest has a lot of work to do. It's in the middle of, of this real growth um, wave. So search has now been around for years. Like it has gone through the ringer and yeah, it's, it's been advanced. Yeah, it's like a, a, 10 years, right? Of mm-hmm. Retail media search, which is like a mature product, funny enough. But a lot of the other products, media products we can buy are still very nascent and they're in development. But retailers and retail media networks have to move faster because we are buying more and more media because consumers are consuming faster. Customers are consuming faster at the end of the day. So they really have to up-level their technologies to ensure that those remaining media products are as industrial-grade as search. This year, we have a lot going on across the globe, across U.S., uh, with elections. What are some of the biggest challenges in 2024 that you feel will impact retail and consumers? I feel like inflationary pressures, it's like such a big term and I'm not an economist. I can't speak to it at that level. But at the end of the day, retailers are forced because of inflation and cost increases to up-level their prices. Consumers want lower prices because naturally they just can't afford to buy maybe what they used to buy. So we have this argument going between what retailers need to do but what customers want I also see more emphasis because of that, more customers leaning towards private label products, generic products, because they are inherently cheaper. That is going to pose a challenge for a lot of our brands because obviously private label competes with them. And even if they might develop it internally, it still is a factor that it competes with the national brand. I see more emphasis for a lot of our clients that they do need to focus on the awareness piece, the branding element, how to engage with the shoppers and build that loyalty up front. We know there's more pressure in terms of pricing, but we still have to ensure that customers are re- getting their experience from the brands that they need. I think, Kavita, your point about the impact of inflationary pressure on the retail media craft yeah. is huge and perhaps overlooked. I mean, you read about all this disconnect of like when you survey 
Americans in particular, like, why are the economic indicators so positive, yet consumer sentiment is so low about sort of the state of the economy? It's like, well, have you been to the supermarket lately? Like, have you noticed what a basket, what your basket now costs? It's like 30% up, you know? And it's like your salary hasn't gone up that. So consumers are absolutely feeling the pinch. And I hear this from our CEO level grocery RMN clients. Like, they are... They need to help these shoppers navigate this massive increase in the cost of groceries and the pressure to like trade down to private label, to go to like smaller pack size, like all that stuff, which is bad for like premium brands. Yeah. It's real. And and so figuring out how premium brands can combat those macroeconomic pressure in the retail medium is gonna be critical for twenty twenty four. We are at CES, which is just the innovation incubator. We had our session yesterday around retail media. There's not a lot of folks that are really leaning into retail media at CES, but we'd love to get your perspectives being on the ground. What should brands know about retail media and innovation that we have gotten out of CES? Like what makes CES important for retail? CES solves problems for the world. Like it, this is a creative show at the end of the day. I know it's technology based, but if you walk the floor, like that is creativity in its finest form. Like seeing what people can engineer and develop and what products can solve for the people of the world today. I think with retail media, to Brian's point earlier, we get these sharp signals from the customer. We know exactly where they are. They might be preparing for a new baby. They might be renovating their home. They might be just shopping for recipes. There are so many great signals that we get. And inherently, that solves a lot of problems for our brands and for retailers itself. When we think about what retailers, retail media networks, brands have to do together, they're trying to solve problems for their customers at the end of the day. And retail media helps do that. Yeah, it's 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 wild to me, Chelsea, to think of CES and retail media together. I don't know exactly, but I think this is maybe my 20th CES. And I started coming here early on in like digital media when we were just trying to figure out how to run ads on more machines. And then it sort of blew up into this ad show, like Kavita was saying, and now like retailers are here in force. I mean you know, all like Walmart Connect and Amazon Ads and Instacart and Albertson Media Collective, they've all got big activation, not down at the convention center in the Aria. So there's a lot of advertisers, buyers, and sellers who are here talking to one another. And I guess that's kind of what I think is the coolest thing. There's like, there's cool tech on display. Like Instacart has their cool news, like Smart Cart, which is pretty rad. So there's some interesting, like, tech innovation, but I think for the industry, what's really happening at CES around retail media is you've got a lot of people like talking to each other quickly and realizing like, oh gosh, like none of us are calculating ROAS the same way. Like that's a drag on growth. Maybe we should start to figure it out. And because everyone's here at, in the same place, you, you kind of realize all that. If you could describe CES in one word, what would it be? I mean, for me, it's educational. I just feel like I'm like mainlining knowledge or learning. Oh my god! Like the amount of like data you can in, like ingest, it's it's crazy. I I just said it. I I think it's creative. I I love seeing what people can develop. I mean, and it's funny because you watch movies, you read books, and it's so futuristic sometimes. And then you walk the floor of CES, and I'm thinking like, how are these? engineers developing these products, but it's amazing to see what we can do when you put our minds to it. Yeah, when you say it that way, Kavita, even 
like in our business, right? So we create content and messaging for brands. And a lot of this tech stuff that's down the convention center are canvases. Yeah. And like, you, like what's the buzz? The transparent TV. And everyone's like, what do you do with that? It's like, well, I, don't, I mean, give that to a couple badass creatives and see what they come back with. I think it'll be awesome. Like, so I, I love that characterization. Yeah. It's a creative experience. Yeah. So we're going to go into a lightning round, CES edition. This never usually ends up being a lightning round, but we're going to try really hard. So <laughs> most interesting fact you've learned on the ground here. I got kind of a nerdy one that kind of blew me out of my chair. One of our CMO clients at a large packaged goods company, we're having dinner. And I don't know if this is fact, but the fact that this guy's walking around thinking this, I think is really educational for all of us stakeholders in the industry, was that he he thinks that 15 to 20% of retail search traffic is bots are driven by bots. And I had never really thought about like fraud in the retail media environment, which is a big problem in the digital media world. And it was just like a big learning for me of going like, whoa, like we really do have to mature retail media the same way we had to work through all of this fraud and viewability and mm-hmm. in digital media at large. Yeah, and I I'm, I really don't want to misquote this stat, but one of our technology partners, something that they mentioned is that 50% of customers will not make a purchase if they feel it's not privacy safe for them. And that is so interesting because one word I think that was not said enough, maybe in the retail media conversations at CES, was consent and what customers really will consent to at the end of the day. And the fact that privacy is becoming so important, 50% is a huge <laughs> number. Um, so that was interesting to hear. And I think we'll be kind of delving into more of these like privacy conversations with retail media this year too. I'm a horrible consumer. Like, I actually don't care about giving anything away of my data if I have a good experience. Like, if you can anticipate my needs, I'm like, I'll give you all my data. There's yeah. no such thing as a horrible consumer, Chelsea. Um, We're yep. all wonderful. I um, I am one. <laughs> Might be the first one. <laughs> I, I, I actually question that 50% stat or like how the question was asked because in my experience, most consumers are like you, Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Most interesting person or company you met or read about? The most interesting meeting, and I'm hoping after this actually to get down to the um, show floor and crawl around some of the back booths. So that's usually where you find the really interesting stuff. As far as meetings I had so far, I met with um, the folks from Block, so Square's parent company, and they're standing up a retail media network, which is pretty wild. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Kavita, like you have different types of players that kind of have a commerce conversion signal. And so I had never really thought much about like financial services and like their opportunity in the retail media space, but that was a real eye-opener for me. Yeah, I think anyone who knows me at Dentsu and my past lives, I could talk about supply chain all day and I love the supply chain focus at CES. I met a founder of a trucking and logistics company who uses... AI recognition to see trucks entering their warehouse to make that process faster for trucking. And I'm going off on like this weird tangent here, I know I am, but as like my former salesperson, when I needed inventory so badly to come into my warehouse, like I would be reaching out to my warehouse teams to track those trucks. I love the fact that they're making like AI solve these like very tangible problems for our brands and seeing that come up in the logistics industry was, it was pretty cool. I did warn y'all that this is not ever a lightning round. So it's <laughs> like a rolling thunder. Rolling thunder. Least favorite word used in the technology space? My least favorite word in business is focus. 
We use it a lot in technology because you got to get really sharp on your roadmap and, and ship. So it does require focus. I get it. However, I think we overuse it and it winds up stifling innovation. Yeah, I think we use the word growth too loosely when we think about what's actually delivering growth and how we're driving it. Growth means a lot of things. And I also think we're in a space where people need to drive profitable growth because sometimes growth can create a lot of problems too. So we that word is used so often and it's very loose in my opinion. This is not technology, but mine's circle back. Like, let's not circle back. Let's just stop there. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what excites you most about 2024? I see it as like a reset year for a lot of our brands, a lot of our retailers and customers. I think we... We've gone through the pandemic, we're now out of it, but we are still operating in some capacity to pandemic levels, processes, et cetera. I think we have a great start to the year already. People want new ways of working, new processes, new avenues for growth. Oh my gosh, I just said growth. New <laughs> do, you want, do you want to circle back on that? Yeah, let me circle back on that. Yes, let's, yeah. let's focus in on the growth strategy anyway. <laughs> It's a reset year. Like we have a lot of room to innovate, redefine what's needed for all of our end customers at the day. And I think that's really exciting. What I get excited about, circling back to this being about <laughs> retail media, is the creative opportunity before us. So I think retail media has been a bit of this gold rush over the last couple of years. And it's been a little, I think we've been repeating some of the mistakes we made in digital media in terms of just like chasing budgets wherever we can get them. And now I think the conversations are getting very real, like very real between the brands and the retailers themselves by saying like, if this whole thing is an expenditure that's going to drive growth for the both of us, show it to me in your P&L. Show me where you, the retailer, are banking on growth in my category and not just taking this money and putting it in your pocket so you can pay for your fancy new website or whatever. Like, So what's cool about that is it's forcing people to get religion around the execution of retail media advertising needs to be about what really moves the needle with consumers. And that's not programmatic display. <laughs> so the, this... The state of play in retail media today, we all get hyped about it. It's search ads on e-commerce websites and programmatic audience extension. We can do better. Like We can do better. We can create more interesting, cool experiences that add real value, that bring stuff into the store itself, that help people actually shop. And so I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited. I think this is the year where the pressure just builds and creates creative diamonds, you know, so we really start to challenge ourselves. My last question, why do you love this business? I mean, I consider myself, I don't call myself a marketer or merchant. I consider myself a professional shopper. I love shopping. Like at the end of the day, I started like clipping coupons with my mom when I was like a little kid and it's ingrained in me. It's fun. I get paid to talk about this, to strategize about it. Because I work in retail media, I'm also constantly shopping, looking at retailer sites and experiences. It's I love it. I, that's all I can say about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I too love the craft. I, I love the craft of being a marketer. I love working agencies. I love the people I get to work with. They're cool. And I love our clients. I love the problems they're trying to solve. It's a privilege to kind of get in there with them and try to solve them and crack them in, in creative ways. It's 
fun to come into work every day. Should I have said something nicer? Like, I love my coworkers too. <laughs> no, I think Brian had to say that because he called me basic. So he was like, I love working with my basic friends. I felt so shallow. Like, oh, I love shopping. And Brian's like, oh, I just love everyone on our team and our clients. <laughs> I love that. I love I shopping love- too. <laughs> well, Brian, Kavita, I cannot thank you enough for joining today. Thank you, Chelsea. You're far from basic. (laughs) Thanks for having us. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Human Element. You can find us anywhere you can find your pods. We'll be back out to you real soon. 